Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, the Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Kathy Kay, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Monday, November 13th, 2017, and we are reading from the big book. We are on page XVII, the third paragraph. Our readers today are Kathy G. on the 12 Steps, Lindsay B. on the 12 Traditions, and reading the text are Millie D. and Deb W. And standing in the wings to help out as needed is Kathleen O. The reference numbers for uh, yesterday, Sunday, November 13th, special edition is 10,661, and this morning, Monday, November 13th, the 7 a.m. meeting, 10,663. OA Preamble, Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Kathy G. to read the 12 steps of OA. Press star one to unmute, Kathy. Oh, so sorry about that. This is Kathy G., a gratefully recovering compulsive overeater from Illinois, and grateful to be here today. Here's the 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, sorry, talking in the background. Two, power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you, I pass. Thank you, Kathy G. And Lindsay B., would you please read our 12 traditions? Good morning, this is Lindsay B. from New Hampshire in recovery from compulsive overeating. The 12 traditions. Number one, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, 
The only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, thus problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. 12. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. And with that, I pass. Thanks for this opportunity. Thank you, Lindsay B. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirements for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, and then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book on page XVII, the third paragraph down, and we will read three paragraphs. Millie D., would you please get us started? I would be happy to. May I be heard? Yes, you can. Thank you. Okay, yes. It was now time, the struggling groups thought, to place their message and unique experience before the world. This determination bore fruit in the spring of 1939 by the publication of this volume. The membership had then reached about 100 men and women. The fledgling society, which had been nameless, now began to be called Alcoholics Anonymous, from the title of its own book. The flying, flying blind period ended and AA entered a new phase of its pioneering time. With the appearance of the new book, a great deal began to happen. Dr. Ari Emerson Fosdick, the noted clergyman, reviewed it with approval. In the fall of 1939, Fulton Osler, then editor of Liberty, printed a piece in his magazine called Alcoholics and God. This brought a rush of 800 frantic inquiries into the little New York office which meanwhile had been established. Each inquiry was painstakingly answered. Pamphlets and books were sent out. Businessmen traveling out of, the, of existing groups were, were referred to these prospective newcomers. New groups started up and it was found to the astonishment of everyone that AA's message could be transmitted in the mail as well as by word of mouth. By the end of 1939, it was estimated that 800 alcoholics were on their way to recovery. In the spring of 1940, John D. Rockefeller, Jr. gave a dinner for many of his friends to which he invited AA members to tell their stories. News of this got on the world wires. Inquiries poured in again, and many people went to the bookstores to get the book, Alcoholics Anonymous. By March 1941, the membership had shot up to 2,000. 
Friend Jack Alexander wrote a feature article in the Saturday Evening Post and placed such a compelling picture of AA before the general public that alcoholics in need of help really deluged us. By the close of 1941, AA numbered 8,000 members, the mushrooming process was in full swing, AA had become a national institution. Wow, there's a, there's a lot there. Um, the thing that strikes me when I first read this was how desperate people must have been for some sort of help with their alcoholism. That this went so quickly that, you know, we know from reading the book that, you know, the alcoholics had been institutionalized and they'd been called hopeless and that there was no hope for them, that they were going to either um, die from wet brain or be placed in an institution forever and they were desperate they were desperate for any little thing that may help them just like I was desperate for any little thing that might help me I was I could not stop eating and I didn't know why I had tried every diet like it said in the book I tried all different kinds of things I knew that um, chicken and broccoli was better for me than a hot fudge sundae. I wasn't stupid, but I could not stop eating. And I, I get this from this reading, too, that, that a lot of these alcoholics that bought this book and the people that, that were promoting them knew that they needed some sort of help. And... Um, and this book is what has, has done it, obviously, and it's not only helped them, but it helps us in many, many other um, isms. So um, the thing in the first paragraph is the flying blind period ended in AA, ended in this new phase of pioneering time. Thank goodness, you know, thank goodness that happened. And, and like, I think about where we are now, that, that, you know, messages can get out in moments. In moments, you know, we just, somebody has to tweet something or they can read it on the internet, they can get on the World Wide Web and, and they don't have to mail anything to anybody. It, 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 so it's amazing and, and um, as I've heard so many times that this, God has his hand in writing this book and, um, you know, God had his hand in getting it out and it has, he has his hand in getting it out now. And it's, um, you know, it's absolutely amazing to me that that it can, things can can mushroom and and go like they have. So um, I I don't have I'm not timing myself. So I hope somebody's timing me. So um, the um, the Saturday Evening Post feature, uh, you know, it was a feature article in the Saturday Evening Post. And that was a, a very big deal back in, in 1941. Um, you know, like I said, there was no World Wide Web. And, the, you know, the general public really, really got the message then. I did just a tiny bit of research on these, the other people that um, Fulton Os, Osler was, uh, Dr. Harry uh, Fosdick was uh, a clergyman, but in a, in a, religious way people some people that weren't of that religion wouldn't get that message the the magazine liberty was um you know if people didn't read it they didn't get the message but in in the saturday evening post which i guess a lot of people read was when the thing really started going so you know i um i am just so grateful that uh for this book and for the message that that it sends us, and I'm so grateful that they, that that God has had a hand in it and um, the writing of it and the bringing of the people into it. So um, I don't know where I am on my time, but um, that's all I have, and I pass. Thank you very much, Millie D. Who would like to share on these? Elizabeth D from the Bronx. Okay, Elizabeth D. And who from the Bronx? Jackie B. Jackie B. Laura D. Kathleen O. Laura B. Paul Jackie D. 
Okay, I got Laura B. I didn't hear the folks after that. Paula D. Paula D. Gail D. Uh, Leah. Uh, I forget your last initial. And then Gail D. Anybody else? I haven't. Okay, so we have Elizabeth D. Jackie B. Laura B. Paula D. Liat, I'm sorry, I don't have your last initial, and Gail D. Okay, let's start with Elizabeth D. Go ahead, please. Good morning. Can I be heard? Yes, you can. My name's Elizabeth D. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in the Boston area. Um, these paragraphs are fascinating to me. I, um, it, it is an incredible story of the growth of our movement. Um, encapsulated in this, um, in these paragraphs. Um, and I, I mean, I call it a movement because I really, it is a movement. And, and I would, in my opinion, one of the most important movements in, of the 20th century. Um, the, the features of a movement are that um, it works and people get attracted to it and it grows and grows. And that's certainly what happened here. And as I heard earlier, I think one of the most important, there are two things that I wanted to comment on. First of all, the boldness and the confidence of those first 100 men and women. Uh, I mean, it just amazes me. That is not a big number of people, but they knew they had something. They had this, they had this humility about, um, about themselves, and yet they had confidence that the movement or the, the, the solution that they had found was going to have wide application. And they had total confidence that a higher power was working in this. And they went forward with, without um, any trepidation. Um, and I think that part of the reason for that is the desperation that um, I think this disease, both in individuals and in the, in the society as a whole, uh, can bring, and um, I've heard it said on the line many times, willingness is overrated. Um, and in my case, that's certainly the case. Uh, desperation was the only thing that that got me abstinent, and um, and it was the work working this um, this program um, exactly as it's laid out um, in this book, in precisely in order that um, that brought me back to sanity and. Um, the other thing I wanted to mention before I close is about this um, wide acceptance of AA, that there were advocates. There were um, very important people on the side who are not alcoholics who are helping. And one was at John D. Rockefeller. Now, I, I've done some research on John D. Rockefeller, and I can tell you, well, many people have. I mean, he was an incredibly important philanthropist in the time and is still considered to be one of the most important philanthropists. And this was a guy who was extremely discerning. You know, people could not get through to him. He was, uh, um, I mean, he, he was so surrounded by handlers and by um, people that were maximizing his time there was no way you could get in front of him unless your idea that he, you know, he could potentially fund or advocate for was really important. And so I think that uh, between the uh, uh, John D. Rockefeller and the Saturday Evening Post um, explains so much about this, that this is really uh, attraction of, uh, rather than promotion and um, it's an amazing thing that has happened for us, and I'm grateful for it um, today beyond words, and I'll pass. Thank you very much, Elizabeth B. Jackie B., please go ahead. Hi, I'm Jackie B. from the Bronx. Can I be heard? Yes, you can. Okay, thank you so much. Thank you, everyone, for your service. Um, you know, what I found amazing is is reading this, I realized today how important it is to carry the message. How important that no matter how long I've been in program, it's important to be of service by giving it away, um, by working with others. Because you never know who you're going to bump into. You never know who is going to hear that message. 
The point is, as long as you're working this program and you're willing to say that um, what it's all about, it will be an attraction. Um, I am always amazed how, you know, this life, my life has increased since I've been working the big book way. Um, and it's because this time around, you know, it's funny. You read the forward and you're like, why do we need to know this? Well, I know why I need to know this because, you know what, I was so self-centered that I did not realize that when I go to face-to-face -face meetings, when I go to uh, listen, listen to uh, phone meetings, when I meet, go to family gatherings, I need to carry that message because I don't know who's going to hear it. But I know it's going to help somebody because I was so self-centered in myself that there's nothing anybody could have told me that I would have listened to. So with that, I pass. Thank you. I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Jackie. Laura B., please go ahead. Thanks, moderator. This is Laura G., and I'm in California. I'm a compulsive overeater. Um, I like the part of the paragraph that when it talks about um, 800 frantic inquiries, um, and what I think about is uh, excitement. And uh, and right before that, the sentence that where it says alcoholic in, alcoholics in God, which um, back then I I can't even imagine like it ha was out here or in in my in my existence and world how talking about God you know stirs up something sometimes. So either way, it can go either way. And for me, when I when it was being read, I was thinking, wow, that's um that's kind of exciting and, and not so common. So um, anyway, and then underneath where it says that uh, each inquiry was painstakingly answered, I think about how um, that one of the traditions, how it talks about, you know, we come into the group and then we, we start working as a team and we're not, you know, we're not governed or, or not, we're not governed, but I was trying to find the tradition. You know, I think it's eight. Uh, that implies and suggests and is important to remain that we're non-professional and our service centers um, may employ special workers. And just like this morning, you know, we have people running this meeting and and um, it's identified as painstakingly answered or inquired and painstakingly answered. My interpretation is that, yeah, it takes some work, but that's what step 12 is about. And that's what keeps us on the, on the beam and the reference to businessmen and how it ties in, you know, they work in with newcomers and and most importantly by word of mouth, which was already said, it's attraction and and, and that's what I love and uh, am grateful to be a part of. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Laura G. Uh, Paula D., please go ahead. This would be Paula D. Thank you for your service today. Uh, Paula D. currently in Burr, New Hampshire, and uh, recovered by and with the grace of God. As it was being read here, there were so many beautiful, beautiful thoughts that came together. Hmm. But more of a thought that goes into lives. Place their message in unique. What does unique mean? Without like or equal experience before the world. I mean, you know, Sometimes we can say things in private, but uh, 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 we're going right before the world, and we're going to shout this out. You know, it goes on, and as we go, when we scoot down to the flying blind period ended, and AA entered a new phase of its pioneering time. Flying blind. Flying blind is no sight. You're bumping into everything here. <laughs> bumping into life itself. But it ended. And it says a vision. A vision was given. And then it goes on. And as we we read it on, what happens? What opens up? How do all these things come into place? Hmm. How very unusual. Remember the article, Alcoholics and God. Perhaps there. No, perhaps. Then it says in the spring of 1940, John D. Rockefeller, Jr. One of the things John D. Rockefeller, Jr., would, when asked, do you have enough money? He would say, just a little bit more. 
maybe he understood. Do you think alcoholism doesn't touch doesn't touch everybody? Oh Lord, in some way it always does. And that touch can be harsh at times. But then it goes on, it says by the close of nineteen forty one, AA numbered eight thousand numbers. The mushrooming rapid growth process was in full swing. What's a full swing? How about from death to life? From blind to sight? That's a full swing. From caring about no one to caring about someone other than yourself. Wow, now that's a transformation. Thank you for allowing me this time. Hopefully I used it well. With that I say, I pass. Thank you again. Thank you, Paula D. Um, Liat, can you please give me your last initial of your last name, your first initial of your last name? Sure. P D T is in Tom, D is in David. Okay, thank okay, you. Thank Go you. ahead. Thank you so much. Um, Liati D from California. I love the big book and uh so many beautiful things have been said already. Um you know, they were in the dark. I was in the dark, you know, and that period ended, you know, and the news is, you know, I mean, there was a method that proved to work for someone who is in the dark, someone who can't see, someone who, you know, like Bill, you know, the prediction was he will die, you know, or he just ended his life and just... You know, in a place that you will die, you know, the bottom line. And for me, you know, I may not die physically, but I I was a walking dead. There's no, I couldn't think of an idea of a solution. And, you know, I think, you know, when I think about it, I think about the period, I think during the 80s where the AIDS, you know, uh, period came and people were dying and there was no solution. You know, and this is what it feels to me. You know, there was, these people were dying. They were the creme de la creme of society, people who were capable in all different ways, very educated, very smart people. And they were dying from this condition that they didn't understand and they didn't have a solution for. And here, this, the cure for answer, they discovered a way that they can live life without being in bondage of their illness of alcoholism. And how lucky I am, you know, and I hung out, I hung out for years in, in OA, and I, I didn't hear the message. And it may have, some people were got it, and for some reason I didn't hear how I can recover. And at some point I lost all hope. You know, and people talk about how OA lost members, but I truly believe that this message is not a new message, but this message of a vision for you will bring about that uh, recovery to Overeaters Anonymous. It happened to me. It happened to so many of you. What a great thing it is. My husband is a recovered alcoholic, and he said that if you want to hide something from an alcoholic, put it in the big book. For some reason, I didn't want to look at the big book, or I wasn't referred to the big book. I don't even know why. Uh, but I understand today that that excitement came from a solution, they found the solution. And I found the solution. I've recovered, and I know that you will, too. I love you all. Thank you, Liat TD. Gail D., please go ahead. Hi, this is Gail D. from Northern California. I'm really glad to be on this call. And um, what I heard, and I've read this many times, was that the message could be carried in different ways. Like it was carried in, the, in magazines in those days. And which, so that reminds me that today we have all kinds of different meetings. We, we have this telephone meeting. There are online meetings um, all over the Internet. There are two people, to, any two people getting together, <clears throat> together who are compulsive overeaters make a meeting. Um, you can do reading, you can do writing, um, you can do praying, but really the, the point that I kept hearing is alcoholics and God. So you have to re always remind me that God or higher power, however you want to 
um, classify it, is in in charge of everything that makes that makes this program work. We do the work, we follow the steps, but we have to turn it over to a higher power. Um, otherwise, this program doesn't you know doesn't work if we try to keep control it ourselves. Um, and I'm really grateful for this meeting. And I with that I pass. Thank you, Gail D. Okay, I'm open for a new uh, a new list of people who want to share. Charles H. Charles H. Kathleen Tina O. R. Kathleen Donna w. w. Okay, Kathleen O. Tina R. What's Donna that? Donna W. Donna W. G. It's Gina R. Gina R. I'm sorry, Gina. Donna W. Who else? Sherry A. Sherry KB. Sherry KB, and I heard someone just before Sherry. Who was that? Terry H. Sherry H? Terry. Terry. Okay, sorry, Terry. It's okay. Okay, well, let's see how far this list takes us. We have Charles H., Kathleen O., Gina R., Donna W., Sherry K.B. and Terry H. Please go ahead, Charles. Thank you, Special K, for your <laughs> for your, uh, your beautiful service. I love you like cooked food, abstinent, healthy cooked food. Charles H., a recovered compulsive overeater. Um, yeah, this is this is just so good. Um, you know, if willingness is the key, then desperation is the locksmith. Obedience is superior to sacrifice. Why do I say this? It was a it was a mushrooming period. You think Bill W. and Hank P. and those first hundred women and men were not hard up for money? I want to take you to uh, it was it was a blind period, and they went to John Rockefeller. And you guys heard the history. Um, you can Google the history. It, it, it's an open book today. It is, all you got to do is press Google and put the questions in. But anyway, I'd like to take you for a trip through the AA 12 and 12 in the second edition, in the second tradition where Bill W. was talking to Ch Charles Towns was actually talking to Bill W., the hospital where he got well and got the message from Dr. Silver. Charles Towns said, Bill, let, I set you up with a big account. Let's make some money off of this program. Let's make some money. And Bill was on his way back to Brooklyn, and he went to Lois. Uh, he went home, and Lois was cooking for these drunks, and and, 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 and Bill was so enthused to um, tell Lois that, we, you know, we're going to be rich, <laughs> right, or we're going to make money. And, and, and there was a drunk in the house, and he said, Bill, come on, you can't do that to us. You can't do that to us. Lois looked at Bill and frowned, like, with a look of disapproval. You can't sell recovery. You can't. Dr. Silkworth didn't charge you. Abby didn't charge you when he carried the message to you. How are you going to make money off of this thing? And that's why we, 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 we I frown at life coaches <laughs> that come into OA and try to sell this thing and make a living. I really frown at that. Thank God that Bill made, that was the first group conscience right there, tradition two, where Bill was like, you know what? You guys are right and I'm wrong. That was the first time I seen Bill really humble himself. And, and here we are 80 years later. We can't sell this thing. This thing is precious. It's priceless. And, and you know, and you know what? The, the, there, this is an opportunity right now in Overeaters Anonymous. We know the numbers are down. What are we doing about it? Are we, are we doing that first paragraph in the, well, the third paragraph in the doctor's opinion where it says, on, as part of his rehabilitation, he commenced to present his conception? Are we doing that? Or are we just hanging out with the, in the land of recovery? You know, we need to go out there and carry this message to those quote-unquote weak meetings. Thank God for them weak meetings because that's where we were at. We were weak before we – we were blind before we could see. You know, and some of us, some people on the line are still blind. You ain't going to get sprinkled with no pixie dust, as my friend in Chicago say. There's work to be done. Let's go ahead and work. And with that, I pass. Thank you, my friend Charles H. Kathleen O., please go ahead. 
Good morning. Thank you, Kathy. This is Kathleen O, Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Northern California. So these paragraphs are just full of so much. And, you know, the the road it took to get to this last line here, it had become a national institution. Um, you know, it cost a lot of money to publish the book of AA, and Bill W. didn't have any money. and But he was passionate about getting this message out and making the big book available to anyone who wanted to recover from alcoholism. And so, you know, that first break came from Dr. Harry Fosdick, and he was a celebrated preacher of his day, and he actually appeared twice on the cover of Time magazine. And when he gave his approval of the big book, it was really a significant development um, in, in, in the movement of AA. And and then when, you know, the, the article in the Liberty got written, um, and that title, um, I had read that <laughs> Bill W. was actually, <clears throat> he thought that that title, Alcoholics and God, would scare off prospects. But when they received those 800 frantic inquiries into their little New York office, um, Ruth Hawk, who was AA's first secretary, and she was not an alcoholic, um, she made sure that every, every, every letter was, you know, answered individually. And several hundred books were were sold as a result of that article in Liberty. And um, and then, you know, the, the dinner at Rockefeller, um, I had read that, you know, Rockefeller didn't attend. He, he designated it to his son, Nelson, and, um, and Bill was hoping for a lot of money because the Rockefellers had a lot of money. And, but Rockefeller didn't give him the money he wanted. He did give him enough to get it going. But it turned out that, you know, Bill W., um, he realized he didn't need a charity to be successful. And thanks to Rockefeller not giving him this money, I think that's why AA is what it is today. And um, so to me, this is all divine intervention. You know, the, 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 the road wasn't smooth walking for these guys. And, you know, they, they had their, their challenges, but, you know, they, they were passionate and so they persevered. And, and, you know, and I find in my life, it's like, okay, what, am, what, you know, trying to figure out what God's trying to tell me what I should be doing. And sometimes things don't go as planned my way. But when I have trust and faith, everything always turns out all right. And I think this is a, a really classic, perfect example of this. Um, you know, the secret and success of AA is truly the generous giving of oneself and, um, you know, to the needs of others and helping others. And thank you. I pass Thank you very much, Kathleen O. Uh, Gina R., please go ahead. Thank you so much, Kathy K. This is Gina R., gratefully recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body in Green Valley, Arizona. And the tack I'm going to take is, um, I think, a little bit um, different. I love hearing all of the history, um, but it, it boils down to what our brother Charles just said. is like, what am I going to do? And I think what God is putting on my heart and in my mind um, actually sprang from a, 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 a little mini meeting I was blessed to be a part of earlier this morning where we were talking about um, really understanding step four. And what came to me was, my natural instinct of freezing, which is seeking camouflage, is what I operated on so many um, years out of my life, just lying to create different stories about the reality of my life. And at this time of year, this would be the time of year when I would be putting together my Christmas card and my Thanksgiving uh, or and letter tell, talking about everything I was thankful for. And it wasn't that it was an out and out lie, but I was not really showing myself. And I think that's what is coming out of this for me is they had the the courage to just put it out there. Yeah, they needed money, um, but they were they were really just willing to put themselves on the line. And so I am praying, how can I be my authentic self and not have to wear that camouflage of everything's okay and don't we look good as a family, you know, and all of this stuff and not talk about the real stuff that's actually going on and what the solution is. So instead of creating um, something along those lines, I am going to let God speak to me 
how can I be an authentic witness just in my everyday and especially in my face-to-face meetings? Um, And I will be going back to the Indian reservation in a couple of hours and just letting God work through me. But how can I not be that person who is covering everything up and um, just letting the reality of this story come out? And then it also occurred to me, you know, when I've done my food histories and um, my own story, I've never thought about writing forwards to my own story. So I'm going to ask God to expand that for me. Let me know, what does that look like? What do my forwards look like to my own story? And how would they um, come together and bring life to somebody just as these forwards are for us? So excited to be um, doing this with you guys. Thank you so much for suiting up, showing up every day. And with that, I pass with much love. Bye. Thank you, Gina R. Donna W., please go ahead. Thank you, Donna W., Recovered Compulsive Eater in Northern California. So grateful to be here today and to be uh, in recovery with all of you. And, uh, you know, I was in my um, high school teenage years and eating uncontrollably and starting to realize, like, what I was doing wasn't normal. And that was in the 80s, and it was um, the time when anorexia and bulimia were becoming more well-known. And I'm like, well, you know, I feel like I have a eating disorder, but I don't do those things with food. And, um, you know, there were times I felt like, um, you know, I kind of like eat food like alcoholics need alcohol. So I had some awareness of AA, but I had no awareness of OA. And when I did find OA, it was through a therapist who recommended it. And uh, because I kept trying to, you know, if I can just figure myself out, then I'll stop eating. And originally I was horrified to be to need, quote, need a 12-step program, to be one of you. I was disgusted with myself and, uh, you know, slowly came to realize that this is my home. And, um, you know, maybe an OA as an organization needs to, you know, be more in the public eye so that all the suffering people in our world who are using food as a solution know that there there really is some hope in the way that um, in the 1930s and 40s, AA was becoming well-known. Uh, so I'm really grateful to know, like, I'm not alone, that the crazy things I do in, with food, uh, the thoughts I have in my head, the body issues I have, that I'm not alone, that I'm one amongst many, that there is a solution. And the solution takes work. It's not just, you know, thinking about it. It's not just hearing about it. It's not just reading about it. i got to show up and do the footwork every day. Someone else said, you know, it's not about willingness. I, I was on a panel at the OA birthday party about willingness, and by the end of the panel, we decided it's not about willingness, it's about action. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I'm, I'm grateful that I am a sound mind and body to take action today and to show up and then to help others, you know, that that's my job is to be a service to others. And, uh, you know, my physical recovery is not for my vanity, it's to be, to help others see, you know, to carry the message to others. That's what I need to focus on today. So thank you for um sharing at the meeting, and uh, wishing you all a abstinent, recovered, joyful day. Thank you. I pass. Thank you, Donna W. Sherry KB, please go ahead. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning, everybody. This is Sherry KB in Northern California. Very grateful, recovered, compulsive, every reader. Uh, thank you so much for your service, Kathy, and everybody on the line. Um, you know, listening to everybody and hearing the history is just amazing. And, you know, it's, it starts in the beginning about a fledging society, which is a young society and inexperienced society, and then it goes into pioneering, um, you know, which is like the catalyst for change and whatnot. And then it's talking about how 800 frantic inquiries came across. You know, we started out with 100. We went to 800 frantic inquiries. And then we hear 800 alcoholics were on their way to recovery. Um, and then it mushrooms from 2,000 to 8,000 people by 1941. And, you know, that that inspires me to want to carry, it shows carrying this message of recovery and, and that it has depth and weight, that it, that things can change and people can change. And it took a lot. It took a village to get this going. 
And so to me, that's what I know that my purpose is, is that I want to carry this message, and I want people that I sponsor to carry the message and let it domino so that we can help each other. And, you know, I had heard um, previously that uh, in 2014 there was more OA meetings online that had increased than there were in face-to-face meetings. And to me, that tells me that, you know, I need to also be of service at face-to-face meetings and get this thing going again and get be of service and give back what I've been generously been given. Um, that, you know, um, and then the little history here to me is interesting because Bill W. was a stockbroker and he was always going around trying to get people to invest and trying to get people to do stuff. Well, when he put down his self-will and his selfishness and dishonesty, and he really started working to make something happen through a higher power. Look what happened. And so that reminds me of me as taking the talent that I have, that um, that I can use, and who I am as a person, and give back what I've been generously been given by by being of service and by you know working the steps, by staying recovered, by getting you know, being of service to other people, getting them through this book, and so they can do the same and so we can mushroom because, you know, OA is, 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 is having a hard time and we need to be able to carry this message of death and weight to others and be of service. And that's what I really get out of this, that, you know, it started out small, but we can, we can grow if we do this together. And um, that's how I feel about it. And thank you so much and that I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Sherry KB. And Terry H., please go ahead. Hi, everyone. My name is Terry H., a recovered compulsive reader in North Carolina. Uh, thank, thank you for your service, and thanks to everyone on the line to share. Just really grateful today. It's a beautiful day today. Um, you know, I'm just really grateful that these guys, these early guys, did, you know, went through all the trials and challenges of, you know, what they had to go through and, and still uh, persevered to put this program together, um, to, to put this book together for me today. You know, um, when I first came into the rooms, I did hear a lot of messages. I heard a lot of messages. I heard the 12 steps every day. But I was so in my disease, I, you know, I, I didn't have any clarity or in, any understanding of what I was hearing. You know, um, the 12 steps is, is there every, you know, every meeting that I've attended, every face-to-face meeting, every online meeting. And, you know, all, and it's all in this book. You know, and I'm just really grateful. You know, this paragraph talks about by the close of 1941, you know, we were just into uh, World War II around that time. And, you know, people, 8,000 members were involved in AA and people were getting recovered. And it was a challenging time in the world. And, and people were looking to get recovered during that time. And that is just amazing to me. That's, that's inspiration to me, you know. I have a disease. Um, I'll always have it. Every day, you know, I work my program uh, to keep it dormant so that I can live my life and work on life's issues. And, you know, I wouldn't change anything for the world today, even the most challenging moments that I have gone through in my life. And, you know, I'm just really grateful for that. And I, you know, every day I want to be of maximum service. And some days I'm not so good at it, definitely, but I have my program to, to clear it up and get it right and, you know, keep on moving. And that's, that's what I have to offer and give today. And, you know, I, you know I, I hope that I continue to do that each and every day. Um, and I'm grateful. So thank you guys for sharing, and I hope everyone has a, a great day and a pass. Thank you, Terry H. We have about two minutes or a little bit less. Is there anyone who has a brief share? Reggie O. Oh, please go ahead, Reggie. We'll say yeah. two minutes, okay? Okay, great. Would you could you time me, please? Sure. Thank you so much. Yeah, this is Reggie O. And um, I just love hearing hearing people share today. And it, you know, I, I'm. So much strikes me, but I'll try to, you know, focus right in, and that is how it's a WE program, you know. It started with Ebby speaking to Bill and carrying the message, a WE program that carries the message, and Bill took that, and Dr. B- and uh, 
Dr. Silkworth's message, and he passed that along to uh, Dr. Bob. And then it was a continual passing along one-to-one, sometimes two-to-one, two-to-three, you know, but it began to multiply until there were enough that they really believed that there was uh, something to present to the world. <clears throat> and um, and they did, you know, a, very, a small number by, by, by numbers, under 100. And then, but with the appearance of the new book, this book that contained, you know, the textbook, as, we talk, as, as we've been re- reading in earlier prefaces, the textbook, you know, that has the, the precise instructions that, that this book carries. And it was this textbook that actually uh, mushroomed, where it began to mushroom. It, it, took the, it took the first steps, you know, but the textbook, the book, mushroomed and it reminds me of you know the it reminds me of uh, vision for you who has gone who has from oa which doesn't use the textbook very much to my knowledge uh, is uh has brought it back as the front and centerpiece of the program and it has mush mushroomed uh exponentially because the you know the answer is the answer is here and the the, the book is about getting, you know, trusting God, cleaning house and carrying the message, you know, it's, it's all about a we, it's all about carrying the message. And, uh, and with that, I'll pass. Thank you very much, um, Reggie. Oh, okay. Thank you everyone who has shared and listened today. Um, we will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. I'll ask Deb W. to please read A Vision for You. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Good morning. This is Deb W., uh, recovered in Oklahoma. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road uh, of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until the end.